Hello and happy holidays, everybody. You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. Sometimes we just shoot the breeze and chill out on our 2020 (laughs) finale episode, the last episode of the year. Uh, This is fitting. We're just going to have a casual episode and kind of just unwind. Uh, we could definitely all use that. So hope you guys are doing well. Yes, my name is Carl Brueggemann. <laughs> and I'm Will Brueggemann. And in keeping with the year, it's going to be a 2020 meltdown. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's going to be a good, fun, casual episode. We have a couple of fun things in store today. We're going to shoot the breeze at the top. We're going to play a couple of cool video game tracks. We're going to do a Name That Tune. We're going to answer some wonderful questions from our Discord community. We're going to play a couple more tracks, and then we'll close out with a couple more of our parting thoughts. Uh, yeah, so Will, where are you recording from? I'm seeing a new a new room back there. Oh, one second. I'm just keep trying to get comfortable in a new chair. Uh, I'm at <laughs> Emma's parents' house in northern Minnesota, and yeah, th- they have such a beautiful and cozy home on the lake. We went ice skating yesterday, which was so much fun. Very they have nice. a hot tub. It's it's definitely some well needed R and R, which is yeah. Great. And so if you guys hear a little bit more background noise on Will's end than usual, just know you know it's a holiday episode, and so it's okay because it's casual. Uh, that's very cool. So Will, if you had to sum up your experience, your year. This crazy year 2020 in a sentence or a couple words or a couple sentences, what would it be? (laughs) Um, For me, it would probably be, ah, virus. Hey, I'm engaged. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) Those are the two biggest things uh, in your world for sure. And then also moving to Chicago and starting grad school. So it, it was a mixed mix year for you, wasn't it? Because it's like a very exciting start in a change and the exciting news of the, news of the engagement. But then, you know, that's surrounded by this crappy year that we've all had with, you know, COVID and everything. So I imagine it's been mixed. Yeah. I mean, also just regretting the engagement, getting cold feet, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. So, yeah. It's we been... just casually drop all that stuff. <laughs> no, honestly, that, that's been kind of the one bright spot. Yeah. Um, and school's been great and moving to Chicago's been great. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's a tough year for everyone, but there's definitely people who I think have had a harder year than Yeah, that's true. That's we what we're so at too. I'm just trying to be appreciative for the things that we have, like our health and the health of our family and loved ones. So Yeah, I think the the best thing to come out of this year for us, for me and Joe, has been we've been reminded of how lucky and grateful we are for everything that we have. And so I think there's more opportunities to be reminded of that this year of, you know, we're very lucky and there's a lot of people that are much more, there's a lot of people that have a lot more challenges. You're lucky to have me and I'm lucky to also have myself. (laughs) I knew what you were getting at when you said that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been a weird year. It's been a tough year. I think, The biggest challenge for me has just been the mood swings that I'm not used to dealing with. I've never really been one to have depression in my life. I've, I've always been a pretty stable and happy person. And so this year has actually been a real change with just a lot of sad down feelings that come every Mm -hmm. couple days for me. And so kind of battling that and having distractions and activities to do, I look back in the year and I look at things like Downforce and The Ultimate Hum and just fun Battle of the Bits um, battles and, you know, game projects and commissions and things like that. That has kept me sane. Um, So I'm really grateful that I have this musical outlet as well as the podcast, too. I mean, it's been a really nice comfort uh, kind of this normal routine, despite the madness, uh, you know, going on around it. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think a lot of musicians, especially at the beginning of quarantine and lockdown, were making the most of this free time. Um, yeah. I feel like I've definitely done a lot this year in terms of making music and stuff. But for me, it actually wasn't so much during that time because I think, I, I don't know, so much of the, the year and what's been difficult about it has made it hard for me to 
find something to do musically because I feel like I don't want to talk the about motivation. COVID yeah, the motivation. The music is and, yeah, and it's tough. also it's like hard to ignore. Um, it's something that I've been grateful for is having the structure of school and having specific, like you mentioned, Carl, having actual projects, yeah, having that's things to so work important. on outside of just myself and what I'm experiencing has been really great because I think, yeah, finding that motivation is tricky sometimes. For all of you listening, I really hope that every one of you has some sort of hobby or activity or outlet. It can be a video game. It can be anything, but I really think that's so important these days. Um, more more than ever, just to, to have something that you can escape to. It might be a book, it might be a game, it might be a movie. Uh, speaking of movies, Will, have you seen Soul yet? I, I was really moved I by that. I really want to. I've heard nothing but good You're gonna things. You're going to love it. Yeah, so, what's yeah. cool about it and kind of funny about it is you wouldn't expect this because it's a you know it's an animated movie, it's a computer animated movie, but it might be one of the most accurate depictions of jazz in a film that I've ever seen. <laughs> and what's unsurprisingly one of the for that Pixar that, does their homework and does a great job. Well, there was a jazz musician who I think was heavily involved uh, with Pete, you know, in the writing of it and the kind of crafting of it, which is cool. But uh, what's cool is like the way they shot it. I have a feeling the, the actual jazz pianist who recorded all the, the performances probably had a mocap suit or at the very least, which was actually they, John Batiste was the person whose fingers. Yeah. They yeah. Modeled. So I imagine that they had some way of capturing flawlessly everything he was doing because unlike a, if this was a live action movie, there'd be an actor, uh, someone like, let's say Jamie Foxx, since he did the voice and it would be close up shots of the fingers and then a shot of his head. And it would be really obvious that he's not actually playing. Um, but the advantage well, I mean, of the I think animation Jamie actually is, is a pretty good pianist, so maybe he could do it because, like, I think for Ray, he played all the piano himself. Well, Ray's one thing. I mean, this 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 character in this movie is a, a virtuoso. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great movie. It's actually not the 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 thing that was jarring for me is it's so not a kids movie. Just right. what it's dealing with is just so. I mean, I guess I would say it would be a good movie for like twelve and up, maybe. But it's not something that. You know, it's kind of nice now that it's not in theaters. Uh, you don't just want a random family to take, you know, your five and six year old to it. I, I imagine they would be really kind of confused and maybe upset by it in some ways. Yeah, it's. I feel like Pixar, their trend has been movies that aim to kind of general audiences, but deal with really heavy subject matter that make it almost more for adults than anything. I yeah. feel like they're, they're animated Especially not because one. they're trying to appeal to little kids. They're animated because they're interested in telling stories where there's a kind of metaphor that comes out of what you're able to do in an animation environment right. that is different than a live action environment. Like, I don't know if you saw the movie Onward, but that was also no, exceptional. I but also dealing with really heavy subject matter but it's like they use mm -hmm. the metaphor of this sort of hyper love real that. world to to tell a very relatable but personal and intimate human story you know will preparing for this episode um the past couple days i've just been because i knew we were going to kind of reminisce and recap our year in a way and i was thinking about some of my highlights of the year and what's funny is my highlight of the year happened at the very beginning of 2020 it was magfest the fact that we we're able to go to this, you know, huge in-person event and we we're blissfully unaware of what was to come. Uh, we got to play with Dave Wise. Well, and also we had VGM Con right before the pandemic. Like when we yeah. were at VGM Con, I think we were talking about, you know, how things are really bad in Italy with the spread. Well, and of this I was actually surprised that VGM Con still happened because there were at that time other events in the U.S. that were canceling just to be safe, mm -hmm. um, you know, like events in Los Angeles and things like that. So I was actually relieved that we were able to have it. But yeah, playing with Dave Wise at MAGFest, a little bit after that, um, getting to play with uh, the Hit Points and um, sharing the stage with them and having Eli from the Hit Points come up and, and jam with us. Um, yeah, that was just such a great start to the year. And it definitely gave me some happiness that lasted in my tank for a while if you guys haven't seen that little clip we we have it now on our youtube channel as well as because i think when that back when that happened i just posted it on twitter 
but I realized we never actually put that clip up on our YouTube channel. So it finally is up there now. Um, yeah. So why don't we do this? Why don't we play a couple of tunes that I brought in that I just wanted to give us some joy today? Uh, so Will, are you down to listen to some VGM? Absolutely. Let's start off. Oh, by the way, what you guys heard playing in, that was Desert Moontown from Ganbare Goemon 4, which is a perfect play into a Shooting the Breeze episode. That was composed by Kazuhiko Uehara as well as Tomoya Tamita. Uh, the track I wanted to play, um, I always go back to the score in the series and, and look for leftovers, and this is a great leftover. It's called Equestrian from Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games composed by Kenichi Takoi and company. Let's take a listen. You guys listening to Equestrian, a phenomenal, happy piece of music, just what I am in the mood for right now. You know, it's always a little bit of a bummer after Christmas. There's a kind of a blues that usually happens, and this year, more of that than usual. This is from Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games. We have Tokoi, Nakagawa, and a bunch of other talented composers. What I love about this track is it feels like a perfect marriage of Mario and Sonic music put together. Yeah, it's so delightful. I mean, production-wise and musically, uh, if it sounds like anything from Nintendo, it'd probably be the Mario Kart series, particularly well, that's a Mario good Kart 8, and even the... I-, I wanted to talk to you about some of... Uh, Ryo Nagamatsu did the score for that Mario Kart Home Circuit. Um, I haven't sort of listened yet. Game. It's great. I mean, it's very much in the style of the Mario Kart 8, and I think they even That's reused awesome. some of that music, but it's just him that wrote all the new stuff, and it's awesome. Um, That's really but cool. It, it, it's kind of in this vein of this just really upbeat sort of jazz. There's a little bit of fusion in there, but just kind mm-hmm. of, of, of eclecticism. You know, we have saxophones and big band brass with things like It just blows banjo. me away to no end, like... The production of this series, I mean, every single piece of music is so professional and so polished. It's crazy. And this is just one of those many leftovers. Uh, you know, we've had an episode, I believe, on the series, if I'm not mistaken, but we could have spotlights on each one of the scores. They're that good. Will was mentioning there was supposed to be, or maybe there was, like a new Mario and Sonic Olympic game. I don't know if that actually came out or if it's going to come out. I haven't really been paying attention. Um, well, there was supposed to be the actual does. Olympic Games this year, um, yeah. and they obviously had to postpone it a year because of COVID, so maybe That's they're releasing first. that Mario and Sonic next year. But in any case, I bet the music exists. I hope the music continues to be this this quality. <laughs> um, yes, uh, let's play one more before we get to some other fun segments. This is cool. I always like to check in with one of my favorite uh, chip tuners, and I guess I would say electronic uh, digital musicians these days, Joshua Morse, who makes such funky music. We always enjoy his music on the podcast. So I checked in with him and he has a new album called Chipset Volume 2. And this track is so fun. I thought it would be a good fit for today. Let's take a listen to Shopkeeper.
Well, this is adorable and delightful. You guys are listening to Shopkeeper. This is by the wonderful Joshua Morse, who is uh, based in Nashville, I believe. This is from his album Chipset Volume 2, which is a wonderful... There's actually a two-part series, little EPs of uh, Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis music. This is so good. I love Joshua's style. It's very fusion-y and also kind of reminiscent of like 90s R&B. There's a lot of Michael Jackson influence. Um, But this one is a little bit more Latin. This would actually be perfect for a modern Sonic game like menu, like a data select. Because it reminds me of Sonic 3, but it's also, it goes further into those like real world genres. Also like T. Lopez, like it it has that sort of sound like from Sonic Mania where you get that 90s pop element with yeah. R&B and the sort of jazziness of that language. Um, yeah, and he takes solos eventually too. Yeah, it's really yeah. really catchy. For me, the groove and the rhythmic uh, kind of pulse of it was like immediate. It just hit me so immediately. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, my, my favorite thing is probably just how harmonically appealing it is. All the things yeah. that we've talked about, all the pastiche elements, but it's just something that feels stuck out of time. Like, it's hard to believe that this is a recent composition because it just sounds so retro in every possible way, in the best possible yeah. way. But it also is a great melody. I love that sort of optimistic theme that's just sort of striding upwards it's it's very mm-hmm. kind of the an emblematic thing that you get in game music a really simple and elemental melody that sort of sticks out this more complicated texture and yeah. is hopeful or heroic or giving some kind of emotion that's meant to inspire the player but contrasted with this really rich harmony and all under this very catchy and fun rhythmic groove this sort of momentum that keeps the track going it's something that i love that you know i feel like when we started this podcast not to say that there wasn't a robust chiptune community but from my experience is that the the style of chiptunes was more the style of modern electronic music and i feel like in the recent you know 10 to 15 years it feels like there have been more artists who have used that medium to express a little bit more than just sonically what they love about old game music but kind of get into the compositional nuts and bolts of what makes a great piece of retro vgm well to get into that balance that we've been talking about a lot lately where you do something that's your own and with your own voice and a freshness that maybe goes beyond what we heard back in the day in the vgm that we love but also has a nostalgia and a reverence for that. And so it's this really wonderful balance. And I know what you're saying, Will. There was a time when modern chiptunes felt like it was maybe more apart from the VGM tradition, and now it feels like there's so much wonderful mixture and fusion, no pun intended, happening. And Joshua is one of my favorite people like that. There have been more voices of people trying to use theoretical tools and analytical tools to dissect that music. I mean, it's yeah. something we've tried to do on our show, but there are so, many, so many tools YouTube nowadays. channels and people like 8-Bit Music Theory and people trying to kind of deconstruct this music. How does it work? Why does it make you feel this way? How do you write well, and music that was, in this style? For me, this fall, that was so notable when I was a part of that Ultimate Hum series and I was seeing all these different people that were using different tools um, but to create something fairly cohesive, I mean, there's so many, even if you just take SNES, which was the primary sound of, of that project, there's so many different ways you can achieve SNES-esque music. You know, I was using Reaper and C700, other people were doing a tracker, other people do, were doing FL Studio and importing samples, I mean, sound fonts. There's just so many great tools out there, and everyone has their own style and their own approach to it. Um, really cool. Well, Will, are you down for an installment of Name That Tune? I'm super down. Oh, and we also forgot to mention, you know, Super Audio Cart is another yeah. oh my great gosh, tool yeah. that a lot of people enjoy using. There's but yeah, so let's many do a Name That too. Tune. Let's do Name That Tune. So I prepared uh, five tunes for Will today. I hope and you went think, a little easy on me because last think, time was just Yeah, insane. I definitely <laughs> made a conscious decision to go what I would consider easy I don't think there's any like really obscure game or any weird game that you're not going to know. Hopefully it shouldn't be too easy though. So it should be a good challenge. Uh, Okay. So this first one, I actually only have three hints for you. So we'll be selective with, with that. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. All right. You always love to go for like games that I know the music, but don't know the composers and don't listen to it very much. So you'll go like something from like 1991 or 92 from some like a Sega composer and it's some game that I don't know. 
That's like your sweet spot. Is or you'll, that my sweet you'll spot? trick me with like doing a placed PS one soundtrack. And I think it's <laughs> SNES cause I'm just listening to a single channel. I like well, to I be tricky sometimes. Out. Well, let's do, let's do this Tune number one hint. Number one. So definitely Super Nintendo. That's correct. Um, it could be a lot of things. I mean, it could be a Castlevania game. It could be something from St- Super Street Fighter. It could be from Vegas Stakes. It could be for, it's like it could be literally anything at this point. Based on that, those kind of two note uh, arpeggios, I guess I would say. Do you have any sense of like what the chords are and if it's a happy, a sad, what type of a piece? I'm hearing like a one to four with major sevenths is kind of what that sounds like to me. So, yada, I hear yada, da, da, yada, yada, da, yada, da, da. Let's hear... move on to hint number two. Okay. Oh, why does this sound so familiar? Hmm. Maybe it's a more obscure game. Maybe it's from Earthbound. Maybe it's from Mario Paint. Maybe it's from Yoshi's Safari. Now do you have a better sense of like the harmonic language? Like what, what key, what kind of scale is this clearly in? It almost sounds like sort of a Japanese scale or like a Gamelan-esque scale, like Phrygian or something. Yeah, da, 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 da. Hmm. Um, I can give you a hint on that. But what, let's do this. Let's move on to the final hint, hint number three. Oh, is this from Chrono Trigger? It is not from Chrono Trigger. Good guess, though. Hmm, maybe it's from... Uh, it seems like some SNES RPG type game. I would say you're you're pretty much spot on. Let's do this. Let's do the reveal and see if you can get it. Here's the reveal. It's that one that's supposed to sound like Laputa. Yes. It's a classic track. I just can't remember. Do you have the game? Do you have the company? Do you have I can't remember what game this is from. I don't know why I was thinking Chrono Trigger, but... Go ahead and give me another. Give me one more final guess, and then I'll tell you. It could be Dragon Quest. It could be Act Razor. I know Yuzo Kashiro studied with Joe Hisaishi, but we've definitely talked about that phenomenon with yes. more than one composer. I mean, it could be yes. a Dragon Quest thing. Um, it doesn't sound like Secret of Mana, but again, I'm not as intimately familiar. Maybe it's Breath of Fire. Boom, 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 boom. You got it. Breath of Fire. Good job, Will. That was a touch and go there for a while. I can't remember the name of the Breath of Fire composer. So Breath of Fire, we have a bunch of Capcom people. We have Yasuaki Fujita, Mario Yamaguchi, Minai Fuji, Yoko Shimomura even. So yes, Breath of Fire, that that was Alan Alan and Searle forever. And I remember the first time we played it on the podcast, we talked about that Laputa. Okay, I'm I'm still waking up. Sounds good. Let's move on to track number two, hit number one. Uh, either <laughs> NES or Game Boy, but I mean, it's it's some sort of square chip. It's kind of hard to tell. That sort of decay sounded a little Game Boy-ish. Okay, let's move on to hint number two. Okay, now that's making me think Bomberman. Um, oh, interesting. Just that really fast, frenetic, major arpeggio makes me think of Bomberman, which Bomberman, then okay. would make me think maybe not NES. So, but okay, uh, well, let's, both let's the sounds I've heard are squares, and let's so move on to hint number three. Okay, definitely Game Boy. You um, are correct. Does that sound familiar to you? Yes, definitely. I know there's a lot of people screaming at their phones right now. Oh, what is that from? Mm. By the way, I didn't say this, but feel free to play along at home, listeners. Game Boy with that fast arpeggio. 
Oh, is it? Oh, it might be from Super Mario Land. Um, it, there's like a it at that wave table reminds me of mm. like one of the boss themes from Super Mario Land. Well, before you give an official guess, let's give you the final hint. Hint number four. <laughs> I mean, it definitely sounds Game Boy, and I can see why I said Super Mario Land. Um, but it could be one of those. It could be that 8-bit Castlevania, one of those games. It could be... Now, here's what I think. Uh, it could be I a Sunsoft. when you hear the reveal, you should know it. Um, so let's let's go ahead and do that. Let's give you the reveal of tune number two. Is this from Pokemon? Boom, 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 boom. Pokemon something and something. Is this the one guess. for the Game Boy Color? Go ahead and guess what Pokemon game, game you think it is. Just call out a color. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver. Pokemon Blue and Red. Aquamarine. Ooh, I'm glad you, you did that. You are correct. It is Pokemon Red and Blue, the first Pokemon game. And who's the composer here? Uh... What's his name? That Go Ichinos and <laughs> Jun Junichi Junichi uh, Masuda here Masuda. on the very first Pokemon game. Yes, this is uh, Battle versus Gym Leader from Pokemon Red and Blue. Okay. All right, you're doing pretty good. I would say pretty good. I'm doing fine. Right. I, let's Pokemon's move on. Pokemon's a weak spot for both of us. I feel. Obviously, obviously. All right, let's move on to two number three. Hit number one. Okay. I'm also hmm. feeling Game Boy-ish on this in okay. terms of the implementation, but could be NES. Do you want to hear um, that again, or move on to hit number two? That kind of delay makes me think of like Mylon's Secret Castle or something, or some kind of NES mm. cutesy. There's something cutesy about it, but it, okay. you know, it could also be like a Virtual Boy game or something. That, that's the thing is just because I hear eight bit. Yeah, it's not necessarily one of those. It also could be Game Boy Advance. You know, a lot of PSG. things it could be. Why don't we move on to hint number two? <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. So now we are either dealing with Sega Genesis or like a PC-88 kind of thing. Um, Genesis would make sense because Genesis, it does have PSG yeah. as well as FM. So the, based on the mixture of those two things, I would think something like Jewel Master. Interesting. Um, uh, but it could be Super Fantasy Zone. Um, Those are two common guesses for you on these. Because I feel tunes. like you probably did stuff like that the first couple of these, and now yes. that's like always my first. The question impulse. is, would I repeat one of those? That's the big question. All right, hint number three. Okay, sounds arcadey. Um, I can picture this. Uh, is it some sort of shoot 'em up? Is it some sort of like space shootery game? Um, it is not. Okay. It could be a racing game. What's the uh, uh what's the one? Like what France is from? Um, Outrunners? Outrun or Outrunners or something, but I don't I know there that. are people, certain people screaming at their yeah, phones right yeah. now. Let's do See, this. You love Final... to do this. I don't know that. <laughs> we played this like once on the I podcast guarantee, and I'm not going to remember it. I guarantee done, like, that is not episodes. the case. That is not the case. I specifically picked this because I believe you were the first person to play this. Okay, keep that in mind. Okay. Final hint, hint number four. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it's Genesis. If I give you the reveal, I think you're going to get it. I really have faith in you. Are I you ready for so. the reveal? Here we go. Here's the reveal.
Oh, you this know is this. Ninja Turtles. This it's is, Ninja uh, Turtles. What Ninja is Turtles, the game? Don't tell me, don't tell me. Uh, the Hyperstone Heist? Yes, or, he got is it. That it. Yeah. The Hyperstone Heist. Now, da, 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 do you remember da, 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 this track? Da, 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 you brought this in. Da, da, da. It, you found it. It's really cool. What is the name of this track? That's I think it's an arrangement track. of something from Turtles in Time because the I don't know if this one is the Hyperstone a lot of Heist it came. There's out. a lot. I'm looking at I'm looking at Alley Cat Blues. I'm looking at Sewer Surfing. Correct. But then there's this track, which to me feels like an original from this game. Maybe I'm wrong. But what do you what What is this called? I don't know. I'm just gonna guess like the sewers or it's pizza. called the the Gauntlet. Okay. Yeah. From Hyperstone I'm Heist. I'm pretty sure this melody is in Turtles in Time. Uh, maybe not this exact arrangement, but interesting. It's so good. It's so fun and classic. Very arcadey. This one was led by Masahiro Akariko. There's a lot of other talented composers too. Um, okay, very cool. Let's move on to tune number four. But before we do that, I just got to make sure. Are you having fun? I am. I'm proud of myself for You're getting doing Hyperstone Heist. It's interesting because you put all those pieces together. It's so clearly Ninja Turtles, that sort of yeah, bluesiness exactly. and energy and the orchestra but one hit at samples time. and everything. But yeah, one at a, if you had played me orchestra hit, it would have well, very much easy. narrowed my choices because I'm that like, we're either talking Sunset Riders, something in the Contra series, <laughs> or Ninja Turtles. Limited palette there to choose from. Okay. Tune number four, hint number one. Okay, now we're getting this interesting minor scale. Um, it's interesting for sure. I mean, it could be something in the Final Fantasy series. It could be something in the Castlevania series. Um, it sounds like a very familiar arpeggio to me, but out of context, it's a little tricky. Again, I'm thinking Game Boy because of the implementation, but of course, okay. could be NES. Need a little more context. Need a little more context. I would say that some of what you said was amazingly spot on. Some of what you said. Okay? You're doing really good. Hint number two. Okay, I definitely recognize the sound of the NES. Um, it is NES. That's correct. Um, and it, the sort of darkness of that arpeggio makes me think of the early Final Fantasy stuff. Um, you got it, man. I'm just going to say it is a Final Fantasy game. Okay. On the NES. Don't, don't the tell me is, which can you one. Get it? Um, I, let's move I'm, on. My immediate guess number is three. Final Fantasy two, but mm. ominous James Bond progression. Yeah, it's that one. It's like the underground or that caves theme or whatever. Um, I remember wow. really loving this wow. and celebrating it in our NES impressive. Final Fantasy episode. Impressive. There is the word cave in the title. Really impressive. Let's give you the final hint. Hint number four. So classic, man. Oh, Just yeah. Badass. See if Mysterious you can caves. Uh, something. Ooh, so close. I'll give you the I'll give you the title. I think you got close enough. It's Crystal Cave. Crystal Cave. Now what game? You have it's a thirty three percent chance. <sighs> let's let's do the reveal first before you guess. Here's the reveal to number four. The problem is I've never played any of these games, so they all sort <laughs> of is like the NES Final Fantasy runs together in my mind. I'm going to go three, Final Fantasy three. You are absolutely correct. I love that process of elimination. You knew it wasn't one because one was a little bit more primitive. Right. Two and three would have been good guesses, but yeah, this is Final Fantasy three. Good job, Will. This Full points, basically, on that one. Thank you. Um, oh, Nobuo Uematsu, just because it hasn't been said. All right. Last tune, hint number one. Here we go. Okay, Super Nintendo drum sounds. Oh, because of that reverby delay. Um, unless it's arcade. Very good. But you are correct on Super Nintendo. Very impressive. All right, hint number two. Let's just wait before I listen to anything. I want to see. Can I guess from this? Yeah. Yeah. 
that drum sound, could it be from Contra 4, the Alien Wars? Could it be from... Oh, maybe it's from SimCity. Uh, hmm. Or Pilot Wings. Maybe it's the helicopter from Pilot Wings. I don't know. I'm not going to answer yet. I'm gonna, let's me. move on to hint number two. Okay, so that string sound is the Nintendo string sound. Yeah. Uh, but it has that sort of reverb thing on it. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I got nothing from that. I didn't recognize any of the musical okay. gestures. Let's do hint number three. Ooh, cool rhythms. Okay, that definitely makes me think of the helicopter from Pilot Wings. But that is wrong. That is not correct. Let's move on to the final oh, final hint, final hint, hint number 4 of the last tune. Here we go. Oh, it sounds Oh, I think it's from Star Fox 2. Boom. Boom, boom. So impressive. Here's the reveal. And wait, I know the composers. Uh, there is Yamiko Konki. That's and, correct. Um, who's the other one? Can you give me the first letter of their name? Is first name would be K. K. K-A? K-A-T? <laughs> it is Kozue Ishikawa. Kozue Ishikawa. Okay, well, that was pretty good that I got Star Fox 2. But that was hearing really those good. string chords, it was kind of like, it sounds like Star Fox, and it's definitely not from the first game, so it's got to be Star Fox 2. Um, the last question I have for you, Will, is do you know what the track is called? Yeah, I know the stage, because I've actually played the game on the Switch. I think it's one of those ones where you're on, like, a tank or, like, the land crawler or whatever. Um, there are some repeated names from the first game, remember? So maybe it's, like, Macbeth or... Uh, uh, it's not Venom. It could be Titania. It could be... What, let me guess, try to remember all of the... Fortuna. 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 You got it. Very, okay. very good. Fortuna from Star Fox 2. Really good job. I mean, you basically nailed that name, that tune. That was... Thank you. That was good. But I wouldn't... It didn't seem too easy for you. It seemed like you enjoyed no, yourself. No, no. Definitely, definitely challenging. It, it, kind of what you'd want for challenge. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, now let's do this. We're going to now answer some delightful questions from our Marcado fam on Discord. We got a lot of really cool ones, and so we should have time to get to a decent amount of them today. Uh, let's start off with this one. We kind of already talked about our year. Someone's asking, how's our year been? Um, this is cool. What's your favorite virtual or real instrument? I like that question. Um, I think virtual in some way more interesting. Uh, my favorite virtual instrument, I do love the upright Trillion. I use it a lot. It feels good in any mix. It sounds really good. Um, that's one of my favorites. I do love me some V Station as well. I use that synth um, a lot as well. It, it's hard to say. There's there's so many. I mean, FM Drive, I probably use more than anything else. But what about you, Will? Man, that's a tough one. My favorite real instrument uh, would probably... That would be drums for me would probably have to, I don't know, maybe it's like the French horn or the oboe. There's nothing more beautiful than like a great oboe solo. But I think just the sound of the string section um, is unbelievable. In terms of virtual instruments, it sort of changes all the time. I mean, I sort of have a love-hate relationship with any of the virtual instrument like orchestral sample libraries that I right. use where sometimes I love them and I also hate them because I know what they can and can't do. <laughs> um, some of the ones that I've been using lately, like the the library that I purchased most recently would be uh, Cinematic Studio Strings, which I really mm -hmm. like the sound of it. Um, the sort of the EQ of it is really nice. It's a very mellow and warm sound. Um, and yeah. they're just really, they're versatile in terms of 
the how dynamic they are, how soft and how loud they can get. The vibrato control, um, they're really that's cool. They're they're a great string library. Um, I, I honestly, in terms of just like a plug-in though, that I just always love using, it would probably be C seven hundred because the sounds of the yeah. Super Nintendo are so iconic to me, and being able to have them at your fingertips. It's um, so useful. It's really special. I would so. agree. Yeah. Real instrument for me, it's either drums or bass, electric bass. I mean, that I would say drums and bass are the thing that like kinetically I feel the strongest. Like when I listen to something, if there's a great funky bass part or just like a really good sense of groove, I mean, that kind of gets me going more than anything. Um, by the way, that question came from Thulan. Uh, let's move on to a kind of related question that comes from Steno Knight. When slash if you have kids, what instrument will you start them on? Uh, I was thinking about this for for a few days after I saw this. For me, it would definitely be drums, no question. I think drums would be the most intuitive and fun instrument for a really little kid, like a toddler. Uh, Think of all the energy that that age would have. Drums would be a great outlet to get to actually bang on stuff, and it's okay and allowed to do that. So drums, for me, I would do drums first, followed by piano. I think that would be the way to go. What do you think, Will? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty logical. Uh, I think drums, for my kids, that would probably be the first thing, because, like, every little baby has toy drums. I think in terms of, like, actual serious lessons, I could imagine piano being the first. But also, it's like they would have you as an uncle, so, I mean, I, I kind of, right. I, I don't know. I'll so have to see what be. they're into. I mean, it's <laughs> like they might not be that drawn to the drums. They might not be that drawn to the piano. Yeah, that's, I, I was I talking also, about I it. I still haven't thought about like, I, there's lots of different perspectives on this because like I'm sort of of the mind, I don't want to force my kids to do right. stuff they don't want to do. But at the same time, like my friend Alex, who's like an amazing virtuoso violinist was saying like, you know, I'd like to give some um, defense to the idea of like parents forcing their kids because I was forced to learn the violin, but now it's like yeah, such that's a big true. part of who I am. Well, here's and I what I think be it is. that expressive without It goes that, with anything, so. whether it's sports or music or any sort of activity. You do want to introduce your kid to these opportunities to, to let them decide if they like it. And at that point, they can make their choice. So yeah, we were talking about it the other day, Joe and I, like we definitely want to introduce them to as much as possible. You know, she grew up playing trumpet. And so that's something that she really cares about you know, letting them at least see that and try that out. Obviously for me would be drums and piano would be the thing that I really feel passionate about giving them that introduction to that. Um, But who knows? I mean, it could be something that neither of us know anything about. I think my concern is that our kids inevitably will grow up around so much music that I really don't think we need to necessarily force them to be into it. It's just going to happen. We almost have to make sure not to overdo do it as my yeah thinking, i agree with that where i think it's like if you have parents in a family that isn't musical and you just want your kid to be you know a prodigy pianist or violinist then maybe you do have right. to force them but i think if all the adults do music it's sort of natural for i think children to emulate their environment uh brian has a cool question um what was your favorite episode of the year if you have one uh for me it was easy it was the two princess connect episodes without mm-hmm. a doubt <laughs> those were so fun oh my that just got me spoiled really i'd have to go back and look there there are definitely some episodes that just for whatever reason seemed really fun based on kind of the mood we were in when we were recording them or uh, to me it's like whenever we do a a, like a retrospective nintendo-y kind of thing anything that i have a lot of nostalgia for uh, I always find really fun and I have a lot of ideas and things to say about it. But in terms of like episodes we did this year that were scores that were new to me. I mean, yeah, the princess connect is like among the yeah. greatest music that I think we've ever played on the podcast. So <laughs> that was probably the, the subject that we touched on that I felt most excited and inspired by after the fact and kept listening to, kept talking about it, kept wanting to share it with people and stuff. It's true. Well, this is kind of a related question uh, to one we already answered. Inspector Spectre asks, um, and apparently this is from his wife. It sounds like you guys have such a strong, healthy relationship with your siblings. How did your parents do it? 
<laughs> oh, that's, that's a, a great question. That's a great question. I mean, what's interesting is you guys, our listeners, hear, uh, you know, these podcast episodes when, you know, we're not going to be arguing on on Mike. And so you guys don't hear the argument, just like any siblings. Yes, we do argue. We have our disagreements. We have our tension. Overall, I think we're pretty close. One one thing I do want to bring up is that some of you might not realize that there is a Mercado sister. We have a sister, Winona. And one of the things that happened growing up is the three brothers naturally had a closeness partly based on our interests. Marty was so into music, he kind of taught me a lot about it. I taught Will a lot about it. And so we all shared that. Winona was into music, but kind of in a different way. So growing up, she did kind of feel like the odd one out. And that does happen See, that's a so lot. funny that that's framed that way because I have memories of me feeling like the odd one out because being the youngest well, you so were the much, youngest. I definitely felt like there was this whole family that predated me and I which felt there a was left but, out but but once you came into the mix I mean you were you were an active part of it but yeah we all I think we all it, we all kind of feel that to a certain extent yeah but I, I mean I guess what I would say though is I, I do think our, our family is closer than a lot of families and the arguing yeah I mean every family argues but family and the closeness of family always and get tradition is something that is very important to my parents. And I think it was something that was important to them in their own families. So I, I don't think I necessarily appreciated that growing up, but it's definitely like we are yeah, a very close bunch. And I think it's because our parents were, I mean, they were good parents and they, they well, and speaking of our parents, you know, when our parents had arguments, which obviously they did, the best thing that I think we learned from them is that they got past it. Right. They may not have argued in the best way or the most efficient way or always the most respectful way, but they always got past it. And every day that passed, they it was okay. Everything was able to move on. And that's what we're able to do as siblings well, too. Well, I, I, I we think can always the other thing on. is that we're, we're a loud family and we express our frustrations um, where I think some families tend to bottle things up or they're, mm -hmm. they're more passive aggressive. They don't share what they're feeling. And I think our right. family was more inclined to have a loud argument and then get past right. it rather than just silently resent someone. Um, for sure. Not to say, I mean, it's like everyone is, is human, but a, a, probably a big thing for our family's closeness was just, it comes out of music. It comes out of video yeah. games. It comes out of, as kids, us exploring and getting into things like filmmaking or animation or music or yeah. whatever. We'd get into that together. Um, so there was this sort of, even if you weren't getting along, it's like if you want to play a video game, you have to play with your brother. If it's you, so true. If you want to play music, really you have to play vehicle. with, you know. To, to foster a relationship. Uh, let's try to get to a few more. Chill Physics asks, what is the one artist or piece of music that you and Will disagree the most about? It's a really good question. I was I racking feel my like brain. we have like strong disagreements. Yeah, I, I actually can't think of anything that's like strongly disagree. Um, Yuzo Koshiro might be the video game composer that we feel the most different about, whereas yeah. I'm like such a big fan and you, you like... But just don't you don't feel the same thing about him that it, I do. It, like in the bottom of my loins, um, the way there that was I do one, for others. Was it the Fire Emblem Fates main theme, that really pretty vocal theme that like I really adored, and that was that one that you were like not super into? No, there was something I liked like it. That. I mean, it didn't make me cry, but I, it's, <laughs> now I you're think just maybe me. the first time I listened to Octopath. I wasn't oh, as like yeah, in love there was with some it. Octopath but ones. some of that is also just how something is hyped. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's tough. I, I don't feel like we have super strong disagreements. I think outside of video game music, we probably our tastes differ a lot. I'm sure there's a lot yeah. of classical music I like that Carl doesn't like. I'm sure there's a lot of musical theater. Like I actually mm -hmm. really love Stephen Sondheim, and I know Carl absolutely hates. Sondheim but there that's also some... like that's a newer thing for me like I wasn't yeah. into that growing up that's like as I've gotten more into writing musicals and songwriting I've, I've gotten more yeah. into that um, there was definitely some instrumental funk tunes that I've shown you that you haven't like super really been feeling I get yeah I mean I think I'm less excited by improvisation and performance and feel yeah. in that kind of like 
you know, animal performance, energy, human thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get more excited by like just a great melody or a greatly constructed song or piece of classical music. Um, so I think we're different, but it's not like there's nothing where it's like, I hate this and Carl loves it or vice versa. I mean, right. I, I, maybe some of these Sondheim things would be examples of something that I know you absolutely detest. But the thing is, yeah. I can also understand why someone would dislike it. I don't feel right. about it where it, it would, it's not like the kind of love that I have for Koji Kondo and you were to hate. I don't think we have anything. Yeah, no, we don't have anything like that. So sorry, chill to disappoint you. Let's quickly get to two more. This one's fun. If you could have brunch with one video game character, who would it be? And what would you ask them? That's really cool. So I thought about this this morning and I think I have an answer. It would be Guybrush Threepwood. I think oh he would be God. so fun and delightful and make me smile. And I would love to ask him about, you know, all of his crazy pirate adventure stories. Um, and I imagine that the brunch might even take place on who knows, Melee Island. It would, it would be a good time. What do you think? Will? that is such a perfect answer. I don't even want to struggle <laughs> to get another one because yeah, I mean, I think those, the LucasArts games, the telltale games, I mean, they, that have great likable characters. Joe, Joe said Sam and Max. When I answered Guybrush, I think Joe was like, what about Sam and Max? Yeah. And I, like, I mean, oh th- there God. are other games that are funny. There are other games that have great writing, but to me, it's like the last of us or naughty dog games have great characters and writing, but I don't think I <laughs> yeah. would pick hanging out with Nathan Drake over Guybrush. I don't think okay, I would let's... pick, you know, Ellie from the last of us over, um, Guybrush three point. That's the perfect answer, honestly, because Thank Mario okay, well, wouldn't be very fun to talk to. No, he doesn't really talk. Um, okay. He just says his uh, name a lot. <laughs> He's like a Pokemon. Okay, this is the last one. It's a fun way to end. Uh, the subtext to this was, this is in contrast with the what makes your sibling relationship so strong question. <laughs> Who would win in a fight between you, Carl, and Marty? Assume it's a free-for-all, controlled environment, fisticuffs only, anything goes. I love this question. This is from uh, Marilink. I, um, I, I challenge it because I don't <laughs> think... It's like maybe it if our souls were divorced from our bodies and I wasn't thinking about that, like, this is my brother who I love. Right. So it's not about a realistic... But it's like, I don't think I could It's actually... not going to happen, but if it did happen, I was thinking about this. It's a tough thing to answer because I would say the obvious answer would be will. You have the biggest bones. You're the tallest. You do have an advantage. Um, Marty, I think, would not be... He would not be favored at all because, first of all, he's the shortest. He's I would say that he's the least likely to physically he's fight someone. He's the least someone. physically aggressive um, in terms of like his And that's, that's not a bad thing. That is a very good thing. That's my favorite thing about Marty. So I would say yeah, Will I mean, would be I would favored. actually think Carl would win because he's the most athletic. I am the most he's athletic. He's a drummer. He's very into... I was thinking but about I also that think too, it's like, like, as a kid, he used to make me so mad that I think if it was Carl and I, we could really beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. we've irritated each other. Well, Over I was thinking about this. So point. I would say Will's favor to win, um, but I would make it interesting because I remember uh, when we used to belong to this health club. You're also a lefty. And I would, I would, re- I am a lefty too, Southpaw. I, um, <laughs> I really enjoyed the, 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 um, the punching bag, and I got really fast at it. I know that has nothing to do with a fight. I mean, it's not like Will's head is going to be a punching bag. Um, I, but I yeah, I think not. it would be. To answer your question, your wonderful question, Marilyn, I think it would be an interesting um, imaginary situation that will never, ever happen. It's interesting that it didn't come to blows uh, growing up. It never Um, came to blows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you would like hit me or like, but not in like a punching way, in like a, Mm -hmm. you know, messing with your siblings kind of way. For sure. Well, that's Um, all we have time for the questions. So why don't we do this? Why don't we play two more tracks that I brought in? And these two have something in common with each other. Both of these tracks we heard about on Twitter from Faison Masher, our friend Zach. Um, And the first one is exactly what we need right now in 2020. It's a new Princess Connect song. Are you ready, Will, to hear a new Princess Connect tune? Totally. This is apparently a Christmas event. (laughs) It's translated to Debutante Shangri-La Holy Night Love Game Boss Battle. Unknown composer, here we go.
There truly is nothing like Princess Connect music. Princess Connect Redive, this is Debutante, Shangri-La, Holy Night, blah, 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 by Unknown Composer. They just keep them coming, and they're, they show no sign of stopping or exhaustion. <laughs> this is really outstanding. Man, what a treat for the holidays this is. Yeah, uh, right? Exciting, the idea that we could Had get more this music like this. Um, but I think beyond, you know, Princess Connect, it's such a weird game. It's such a almost novelty toy-esque app. It's not even a very <laughs> exciting video game in terms of its gameplay. Uh, yeah. But it is this showcase, as much as it's a showcase for amazing artwork and character It's just design, an interactive soundtrack, it, it's, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a delightful score, and it has such a rich musical soundtrack. I mean, I kind of hope... I think it would be really cool if they just licensed all this music out to other studios or fighting games. That's or what whatever. I want. That's um, what I want. Because it's such rich music, it deserves to be appreciated and celebrated, but also utilized in a slightly more action rich game environment. Because it's a little funny how high energy, you know, cranked up to, I think of uh, the amp in Spinal Tap being turned up to 11. <laughs> Um, but it's like the composition such knob. a game that doesn't need it. Um, but it's it, pretty hilarious. I also really am excited to hear what this sort of super group or these individual composers go on to do. Cause any one of them, yeah. I think are so talented. They could yeah, lead for their sure. own projects. They could, uh, really go on to do a lot of amazing work. Well, I'm glad I get to share both these tunes because I had these kind of in my back pocket ever since, uh, Zach tweeted them to us. And I thought today was a good time to share both of them because they're both so fun. So we're going to go from that to, this is a new Hayato Asano track who uh, I'm a huge fan of. I know Zach's a huge fan of. Um, did a lot of great gust work. Now I believe Asano is a freelance composer. And this is, I think, a, like a small fighting game that he scored. And it's really cool. Let's take a listen to the theme of Gunya Fighter from Gunya Fighter by Hayato Asano. <laughs> This is outstanding. Amazing. You know, Asano is one of those composers where I feel like too much of their music back to back, you don't appreciate. But like right. out of context, one is just so dazzling and sensational. Oh, it's such a breath of fresh air. This would be the track of the week. We can just call it that for this episode. I might share this um, online because it's just so good. This is from Gunya Fighter. It's the theme of Gunya Fighter by Hayato Asano. That guitar tone and vibrato, I don't know if it's like a pedal or like in post or something, that crazy fast vibrato. Maybe it's like a whammy bar or something, but it's just shredding. It's such a great piece of music. You know, only in video games where you have that that kind of really pretty piano uh, and some of the, the really interesting... <laughs> chords that's happening here but with this also a very pianistic melody you know for how rocking and guitar centric it is it's a pianistic melody and that final sparkly chord we've talked about it before but it's that borrowing from the dorian mode where it's the sort of natural six and then a minor seventh chord voiced on that uh, you know borrowing from the major or whatever but it's a really Mm. sparkling brightening moment with a minor chord but it's like cool to hear that i associate that with like 
you know, Joe Hisaishi or Hiroki Morishida or these sort of right. beautiful, tender Japanese ballad kind of compositions. So but cool. hearing it in a rocking context is so fun because it has the sort of richness that we associate with game music, but also just this blistering high energy thing, which really this sound here of like melodic high energy rock is the sound of kind of translating the retro game music, 8-bit, 16-bit sound into the modern era. Oh, and it's man. It's a perfect blend I of eclecticism. I love Hayato Asano so much, and I'm glad he's still working. I hope I hear a lot more work from him in the future. Well, I think that just about does it. It's crazy. Episode 450 in the books, another shooting the breeze. Stay tuned with us. Um, we're probably going to do a Mercado radio uh, in between uh, for next week, but we will be back uh, with more episodes and also um, a greatest hits coming soon of, of the best music we share for the first time in 2020. So look forward to that. We're going to play you guys out with a really relaxing, perfect playout track. It's Spagonia Day from Sonic Unleashed. I think we played the night version on that episode. Uh, this is again composed by Kenichi Takoi and company. So it's going to be a good way to send you on your way. Check out The Ultimate Hum if you haven't. Uh, it's available on Bandcamp. It's an amazing album. I'm so excited and proud to have been a part of it. We had our listening party this past Saturday and and the release. Uh, and so, yeah, it's available. Check it out. Will, anything also else you got? Also, check out Carl made these really charming holiday VGM covers. Our dad is so funny <laughs> uh, because that our parents really enjoyed listening to them. But again, yeah. he still, as much as we've done with game music, still has this sort of like slightly disparaging view of VGM like always being surprised yeah. that it's good he's like you know what you should just do <laughs> just tell people it doesn't have anything to do with the video music just play the songs and a lot of old people like me will like that's it that's not offensive at all <laughs> to the medium um, or to those composers they were really delightful covers man and I Thank feel you. like also the sort of like you made your own little Vince Guaraldi jazz trio. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it was a good really thing cute. to do to kind of warm my heart for the holidays and, and hopefully all of you. Um, so, yes, uh, check those out if you want to. We're excited uh, to come back uh, with some more fun episodes. Have a great, uh, if you're listening to this, I guess a few more days of the, of the, I guess, the holiday season. We have New Year's. So have a great New Year's. Let's let's raise our glasses and hope that 2021 is better than 2020. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks for putting together those Name That Tunes. We should do another one yeah. on our Discord because I had a great time with that one. Yeah, uh, for sure. Ago. Thanks to all the people for your wonderful questions. There's some we didn't get to. Um, maybe we'll answer them just online or something this week. Um, and for yeah, all the nice comments, everybody. I mean, I, I feel so spoiled. We're, we're constantly getting such nice comments on our YouTube channel, emails, posts on our website. People are always, you guys are so generous. Yeah, we love you guys so much. Praise. It's interesting how that's changed. I feel like when we started this podcast, we got a lot of comments mm. that were negative. And hopefully it's a sign that we've yeah. improved or more accurately, you know, hopefully we found our community of people. <laughs> you know, who we got a, f uh, a really episode, fun so. email actually a couple weeks back. It must have been from someone who was looking at old posts of like some of the early episodes because, yes, there were some pretty mean comments on those. Um, or just like really, really long posts going into just the weeds awkward, on technical awkward, stuff. Like unaware folks that were just, yeah, just going too far. And it was funny that the person was like really mad. They're like, who are these people? Like, what are, who do they think they are? Like, I'm so sorry, guys. And it was like, you don't deserve yeah. that. And it's like, oh, that's nice. I mean, we haven't gotten those been in nice, a long time. It would have been but. nice to get that back in like 2013 or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. We, we could have used that comments, years ago. But, but in, in any case, we absolutely love you guys. Thank you so much for the interaction and for listening, supporting us. You're the best. Enjoy Spagonia Day. I think that's it. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get back to the rest of our holiday relaxation. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Happy New Year, everybody. Have a great week. Peace out. <laughs>